In a world of nerdy podcasts. Two friends dare to be different. As we talk with each other from across the ocean. About video games. Introducing the most amazing nerdy podcast of Region Unlocked Season 3. Coming to your ears right now. Welcome back, everyone, to Region Unlocked. My name's Cameron. And I am Jake, and I'm happy to be here today. Well, that is great. Jake, how are you? Uh, I'm good, Cameron. Are, are you also happy to be here? Yeah, of course. Today it Excellent. is, what is today? May 23rd and May 24th of 2021. And Jake, we've, we've been on a bit of a break. Yeah, we have been. And it's been good to kind of refresh ourselves and give us a nice mental break, I think. Uh, but you know what? We've probably been doing a few things in that break. Yeah, dude, so. we have been busy. <laughs> season three has been a little more sporadic than our past seasons. We're, we're less on our schedule because who cares? We don't we don't owe you anything, but we do no, appreciate no. you. And we'll yeah, try to, but- to make good stuff. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah, we do this for fun, and we do enjoy it. However, uh, you know, life does get in the way, and that just happens. So, please bear with us. <laughs> I, I might cut all that. <laughs> I don't think that's very interesting. <laughs> um, Here's my paper collection. This is what I... St- <laughs> no. What are okay, you talking anyway. about? <laughs> no, <laughs> nothing. All right, all right. Uh, okay, Jake, you know what? We forgot to talk about this beforehand, but do you have a... Uh, Japanese cultural lesson for us real quick? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I do, actually. But um, you might want to cut the, the ensuing silence that's about to follow. Okay, you got to think about something. Yeah, yeah, totally. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to teach everyone about, yeah, and um, perfect. All right, what do you got for us? So, everyone, my Japanese cultural slash language lesson for today comes with an interesting fact about the word yeah, which a lot of us know as yes, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, However, for a Japanese person who's maybe a little less experienced with English, that would mean no. What? (laughs) If you say the word yeah, um, because in Japanese, height means yes, and yeah means no. However, many Japanese people will quickly say yeah uh, oh. as no. Instead of yeah, it's usually yeah or yeah yeah means no. So if you say yeah, it sounds exactly like yeah, which means <laughs> no. Um, and I talked to one of my Japanese friends about that and they said the same thing. It's like, yeah, it can be confusing if you don't know much about English if you just say yeah. That's super confusing. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. So... That's why um, sometimes I will say mm as a yes and mm as no. If you say mm, it means yes and mm, it means no. Okay. Um, which is interesting because if you say mm-hmm, which means yes to us, usually a Japanese person might think, oh, they mean no. Weird. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So yes in English mm. is mm-hmm and no in Japanese is mm. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay. if you hear me sometimes saying, mm, 
That means yes. No, I I have caught you doing that, and I in my head it's like, oh, Jake doesn't want to say yeah. He just says, mm. so there we go. Yeah, it, it's it's a cultural thing that I'm just getting used to because I use it so much during the day. Yeah, I mean, hi. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> very good. Thank you. Thank there you. you go, folks. Jake's Japanese lesson jingle. All right, so video game wise, what have you been up to recently? I've been up to so much. Not only do I play Stardew Valley like crazy, which I probably should stop, but <laughs> I did start playing Mass Effect because Oh boy. Yeah, you really have been trying to convince me for a long time. I haven't had an opportunity and I've been dragging my feet as I usually do. But I've started to now get into it. I've had enough time to sort of get into the rhythm and start to get used to some of the characters and really get into the story a little bit that I'm starting to be like, oh, okay, all right. It's, it's, it's new out on the PS4. It's, it's refurbished a bit, and it feels good. It's just fun. Yeah. So I've not got the, the new one, well, at least this, this re-release yet. I plan to a little later this summer. First off, anyone who has not played Mass Effect... Uh, we are going to have like a good three-part series of episodes about Mass Effect as Jake plays <laughs> through those. If you've not played them, please do. Like They are incredible, and there's going to be so much to talk about. And I want you to be a part of those episodes, but also I just want you to experience that universe because it is immersive and so much fun. Like I've never been more attached to fictional characters before. <laughs> and I'm so glad Jake is going through that. And just a warning to you and to you, Jake, the first game still, even though it has been, you know, uh, more HDified, it looks a lot nicer and things have been streamlined a bit. It still plays very much like a game from the 2000s. And <laughs> that is something you have to get by. But I think once you get through that first game, just, you know, hold tight to that story, let the story drive you through it. <laughs> and then once you hit two and three, like they are great modern games, like it could have come out today and you wouldn't have really noticed. That is awesome. And it's so true. I've noticed that as well. And I was even thinking about that yesterday, like, huh, this is almost like a little bit of a, like a little bit of a relic from the past. Cool <laughs> time capsule is. from 2007, just the way it feels and the way it looks. The, the depiction of the futuristic aesthetic from a 2007 perspective, it's it, it just, it was kind of cool to see. Yeah. <laughs> so fun time. Yeah. I enjoy it so far. Good. How's uh? So tell me, tell us a bit about Stardew because Lindsay's been trying to get me to start playing it, and I'm hesitant just because of how long and constant she plays it. And from what you have been saying about it, I don't know if I want to commit to that. Well, Cameron, it is a rabbit hole. If you do get started, just be ready for it. Okay. <laughs> it does take a little bit of time to get into it, but once you do, boom, you're lost. And that's it. You'll be throwing away your time. Okay, not throwing it away, using it wisely because it's such a fun game. Uh, have you ever <laughs> played Harvest Moon, Cameron? No, I've not. Okay, well, it's like Harvest Moon. It's got that element, and it's got elements of Animal Crossing. It's got elements of uh, RPGs, and it's all kind of tied into one nice little indie-style package. Yeah. It's... Oh, I don't know, really know what makes it so addictive. It's almost like a, a way to create like another life. <laughs> it, it, and there's there's challenge to it. It's not just like Animal Crossing where you've got this giant um, uh, canvas, essentially. You, you have to work for your life. And there's so many options to do that. 
mm-hmm. and it's immersive in that way, and it's almost like you're um, you're projecting another life that you could live. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's it's like a dream almost, does, okay. does that, if that makes sense. You know, a way to escape Ooh. reality. All right. So it, it, I can't really explain it, but if you do start, you will you, you will want to keep going. Okay. So listen to me and listen to Lindsay. <laughs> I probably will. I'll I'll be playing it this summer. As I'm listening to this episode, I'm probably playing it right now. <laughs> yes. Cool. It's it's quite good. Good. So, in the meantime, for me, since we last spoke, I got Resident Evil 8 Village, and I have played through that twice now. Oh. And it is good. It is very good. It is very reminiscent of 4, where Ah. it takes place in a similar village, hence the name, and it... It has brought back uh, a merchant and a inventory that you have to manage the space, very similar to four, and an upgrade system where it, uh, mechanically it all feels very similar. Uh, tonally, I think it's a lot darker. It's weird. Oh. I've heard, you know, different opinions about it. I I think it it's tonally just it's super dark. I think. While, or maybe it's just because we've played four to death that we see Leon as just like this campy goofball action hero. <laughs> and there's not really a lot of personality to Ethan Winters, the, the new protagonist. But man, it's good. It is good. If you're looking for something that's exactly like Resident Evil 4, it's not. But it does have some awesome similarities. And man, my. My biggest beef, though, is kind of the pacing is a little all over the place. It's divided into four main sections, and each one is very different from each other. The The first one is really good, and it, it reminds me a lot of very classic Resident Evil. You're in a big castle mansion. Uh, reminds me a lot of, like, the police station of Resident Evil 2. So, Jake, play with the Resident Evil 2 remake as well, because it's you'll love it. I promise you, you will love it. And <laughs> On my to-do list. And then the second section, uh, I will not spoil for you because it's incredible. From that point, it, gets, it really picks up the action-y pace and loses some of the tension. But it's still fun as you look at it as a whole. But I will say I think the, the first half of the game is definitely the strongest. But overall, it's, it's very interesting. I, I've got lots of good things to say about it. And I, I'd like for you to play it. And then season four, we talk about it or whatever we decide to do in the future. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Another to-do list item. W- would you say it's worth buying like right now at full price? I'd say as long as you keep your head in the sand about it. And okay. know when you finally decide to buy it, if uh-huh. you still know as little as possible, the better. Okay. Because there's a lot of juicy stuff in this game. Yeah. Um, and when I say that, I don't mean exploding heads. Although those are there. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. <laughs> so, I mean, on, on that subject, Resident Evil 2 Remake is constantly on sale for like 10 or 15 bucks. So, oh. I, I think you should play that first. Oh, okay. All right, noted. All right. Resident Evil 8 has been a game of potential spoilers. I haven't seen any yet, but 
everyone's been talking about it on social media. So I've been trying to <laughs> so, I avert mean, my eyes. Yeah, it's up to you. I mean, sure, if you want to hold out for later or if you want to drop the full price. It was the first game I paid full price for in a while. I was just so excited to play it. <laughs> and actually, I was a little nervous to play it. So I texted AJ, said, hey, you want to, if I buy this, we come play through it with me? And so, he, yeah, he came over and we played through like the first three or four hours. And it was a lot of fun. Oh, so you've got um, co-op. You can do that. No, no, no. It was just we were trading off every so ah, often. Gotcha. Just there, cool, for, man. there for moral support. Nice. With a game like that, you, you would need it. Yeah. Creepy dark game. I love creepy games. Sounds good, man. New bucket list item. Excellent. All yes. right. Totally. So shall we get to the meat and potatoes of <laughs> the conversation today? Where potato, well, potato is a, a spoiler. <laughs> yes, Cameron, I would be <laughs> glad to. <laughs> All right. So, today, we are talking about some of the best puzzle games, or arguably maybe the best puzzle games of all time, Portal and Portal 2. The portal will open in 3, 2, 1. Portal. When did you even play this game? How did you play it? As usual, what I did was I picked up the portal gun, and I just started shooting. No, no, no. I said, when, when did you yeah. play it? No, I, I just thought I'd be a, an idiot there for a second. No, I played it for. <laughs> okay. I, I I played it for the first time long after it came out. I yeah. bought it individually because I couldn't get the orange box, which I guess we'll talk about here in a second. Sure. But it was a long time after it came out, probably later on in the year. Who knows? But it was on PC actually. Yeah. I think. Oh no I no no! So. That was the first time I played it for myself. The first time I played it again was with you, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah I think so. That was so. probably well after. And that was the first game? Yep, it was with you. Okay. So You showed it to me. <clears throat> yeah, so Portal came out back in uh, October 10th of 2007. And it was a part of what's called the Orange Box. And the Orange Box is arguably like the best bundle of games ever at least for the price. It was put out by Valve, and it consisted of Half-Life 2, and then Half-Life 2 Episode 1 and Episode 2, Portal, and then Team Fortress 2. And there was so much content, so much to do. That is where I first played Half-Life 2 and loved those games. They were so much fun. And on top of that, the Orange Box has some of the most creative and fun achievements that... (laughs) I've ever done in a video game. Like there's just one where you get the gravity gun in this junkyard and you play fetch with dog and dog is this giant robot who doesn't actually look like a dog and you can take his ball and you can shoot a hoop with it. And if you score, you get an achievement worth two points and (laughs) it has a bunch of just like random point values throughout the whole game, which I always thought was funny, but also it's like, shoot, now I have to make sure I get like a perfect score. So that way, I don't have this weird odd number on my gamer score. <laughs> but yeah. Like, oh, that's funny. Like shoot, shoot hoops there. And then the next achievement that was super hard was play through the Raven home, which is the zombie level using only the gravity gun. And that's really hard because that's the level where you get the shotgun 
and you really want to use a shotgun on some zombies, but instead you got to run from them and try to find a saw blade and launch it through them. And it is high tension, man. It is very fun. And then my very favorite, I think I mentioned this maybe when Mark was on, is there's an achievement for carrying this garden gnome from the very beginning of the game all the way to the end of the game. <laughs> and the commitment it takes to get that garden gnome to the end is just so much fun. <laughs> That's a lot to keep one entertained, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I dropped a lot of time in that. When you first got the orange box, this collection, you were really excited about it and you went out of your way to tell me about it, like on some messaging site. I don't know, but you told me about <laughs> it and I didn't know what it was, Yeah, but I was happy for you. So, oh, thank you. Like, oh, I'm so happy for you. I don't remember what I put, but it was something like, oh, that that's so wonderful, Cameron. <laughs> I'm so glad you got the orange box. What What is he talking about? <laughs> and then, so it also came with Team Fortress 2, which was kind of a precursor to Overwatch. Basically, it was a, a hero shooter, very mm-hmm. team objective-based, and I think still has a pretty strong community today because it, it's free on Steam, free to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, they just sell a lot of microtransactions of, like, hats and stuff you can wear, <laughs> which is got it. silly. Yeah. But, Gotta keep that income somehow. Yeah, good game and really good like character intros on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Actually, just like Overwatch, each character has like their own little short. Same with Team yeah. Fortress 2, and they're all hilarious. So <laughs> just, just type in Team Fortress 2 characters right now. Go watch those. All Bam. right, I will type it in. No. <laughs> so anyway, all those games were huge. And then Portal was also added onto this. And mm-hmm. Portal is this incredible puzzle game of creating portals, physics-based puzzles to, I mean, to get from, from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. One trigger shoots a blue portal. The other trigger shoots an orange portal. And they're connected. You walk through the blue, you come out the orange. Pretty yep. self-explanatory. So uh, do you know where it actually originated from um yeah it was originally a college project called narbacular drop mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it had the same kind of concept where you'd have to put the portals in different parts to to get to your objective and i've played it before it's actually pretty fun just oh, like have. portal cool yeah yeah i downloaded it way back in the day and the same team that developed that game went on to develop portal yeah, so they actually had it out on display at a career fair, and Gabe Newell, the CEO of Valve, uh, I don't know if he was there or what, but he played it and basically hired them on the spot to go work at Valve and start making Portal. <laughs> that is totally understandable. It's such a unique concept. Like, who would have thought of that? But And it's so fun and cool, too. It is. And you just you feel so smart for being mm-hmm. able to solve it. Yes, it's so satisfying to get those mm-hmm. puzzles finished. Yeah, I always think about that, where it's just like, ah, I di- I'm the smartest person I know. And then it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this is a very well-selling game, so a lot of people have solved this, haven't they? But I did it better. <laughs> They're all saying the same thing, like, oh, I'll bet no one saw that. I'm, I'm really cool. My mental <laughs> capacity is amazing. Yeah, but I mean, just the it, fact that they can make us feel that way is really uh-huh. cool. Yeah, so... And I still think about how they made it. You know, you know certain things. You know the basics about, uh, like, 
video game creation, you know, oh, some kind of a programming code goes into it. But what made this so interesting? You know, what made this unique? How did they do that? It's just something I've been thinking about. <laughs> like, it, it, because it's never been done before. How did they do this? <laughs> I, it is one heck of a unique concept for sure. Mm. It is just awesome that, that they produced this and made uh-huh. something so I, wonderfully iconic mm-hmm. for one. Just so much has come from this game, meme-wise especially, when it first came out. Everyone's heard the cake is a lie. And that was everywhere in the 2000s, late 2000s. Yeah, yeah. I think it only takes like your first run through is probably going to be like two to three hours. And then after that, you can blow through it in 30 minutes tops. It's it's actually pretty short. That's, you know, the length comes from just how long it takes you to solve them. I believe it's 19 rooms you have to make your way through and Mm -hmm. then the escape at the end. Yeah, so there there is a hidden motive and a hidden story of some darkness behind all that fun exterior. <laughs> uh, that's correct. So let's let's talk story. So first off, it fits into the Half Life universe. Mm-hmm. So they're the same world. They're actually like opposing uh, science teams. We got Aperture Science at Portal versus Black Mesa, and Black Mesa is who Free- uh, Gordon Freeman works for. Yep, basically. And we don't really know too much in the beginning about this. It, it kind of just opens up with you popping out of bed. You don't know anything except you're in a little room. And you've got fun kind of uh, jazzy music playing in the background. Yeah. You don't really know much about it. Everything seems very sterile, like you're in maybe some kind of a lab. They don't tell you anything except this robotic voice that comes over on the intercom explaining everything to you. And then progressively through a small tutorial over the next few levels uh, explains how to do everything and you have to use these portals to get through these individual levels which are basically giant white rooms that almost resemble like a just just like a warehouse and it feels like a sterile environment and then the first thing that tips you off that you know there's something going on behind the scenes is there's observation windows people can just sit and watch you but there's no one there true uh, in any of them so yeah (laughs) you learn how to use the mechanics of portal to these few levels and this robotic voice talking to you initially and well okay first of all let me ask you cameron when you first experienced this what were your thoughts what were your feelings oh that's a good question so uh this robot voice as we find out is GLaDOS or GLaDOS or GLaDOS. Everyone pronounces it differently. Uh, how, how have you always pronounced it? GLaDOS because you told me to. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I've just always said GLaDOS because it's like, that's clearly the name it's replicating. So let's just say yeah. GLaDOS. But but it's a big uh, acronym. Yes. Genetic Life Form and Disk Operating System. So GLaDOS, you hear her awesome robotic voice talking through all these chambers and they kind of... A, they get more cryptic or I don't, they're hilarious nonetheless, <laughs> all the way through. They're hilarious because she's like mocking you, yeah. but also like super professional and scientific at the same time. Please note that we have added a consequence for failure. Any contact with the chamber floor will result in an unsatisfactory mark on your official testing record, followed by death. Good luck. 
it's just becoming yeah. more and more clear that whatever she's telling you is not true. Uh-huh. Most likely. And that is because there's a few parts through these chambers where we find like these loose panels where we can mm-hmm. actually get behind the wall. Mm-hmm. And we find this graffiti and all the stuff showing that someone has been squatting here, hiding. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's like uh, all this like conspiracy stuff written like, oh, don't, she's watching you, like, don't trust her. And and then throughout your, your puzzling, Gladys tells you that at the end, you're going to be rewarded with cake. So mm-hmm. do a good job, get to that cake, and then you find on the walls the cake is a lie. It's like, oh man, there's something... There's something weird going on here. And the music starts to match that too. It starts to get less uh less like, you know, professional and more like creepy. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if I've ever really connected that. Yeah, it really sends chills down your spine in some areas. Like you said, especially during that first time, you walk behind one of the pulled away panels and you see all of that graffiti and this, you know, kind of industrial background that you're not supposed to see. It's like, oh my gosh, what is going on here? <laughs> but yeah. it keeps you going. It's it's endearing in a story way. Yeah. So there's actually not a ton of story that is, you know, up front in the first game. Yeah. A lot of story mm-hmm. comes in the second game, which we'll get to here real soon. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to quickly talk about the companion cube. Hmm. So this is one of the big memes also from this game. Is in one of the last couple rooms you come across a weighted cube that has a heart on it. Mm-hmm. And this is called the companion cube. And you have to carry it with you through all of the puzzles to help you solve the puzzles for that room. Then at the end, you've got, you've grown so attached to the companion cube. You have to euthanize the companion cube <laughs> and you have to toss it into an incinerator. You did it. The weighted companion cube certainly brought you good luck. However, it cannot accompany you for the rest of the test and, unfortunately, must be euthanized. Please escort your companion cube to the Aperture Science Emergency Intelligence Incinerator. <laughs> oh my gosh. The and whole Gladys... Yeah. What does she say when you do it? I, I don't know what she says, but she probably says something really sarcastic. Now that we're talking about this, I keep thinking about all the, like crazy stuff Gladys tells you and how just incredibly... I know there's at one point I don't know if it's that cube or in the second game where she's like, I think Uh that one was about to say I love you. You euthanized your faithful companion cube more quickly than any test subject on record. Congratulations. She's so passive aggressive. Like, (laughs) yeah, she's just an AI, but she's totally sentient and mean. (laughs) Yeah. So they, they actually put that in the game one, to, to solve the, the puzzles, but there's been studies about how people in isolation grow attached to inanimate objects. And mm. we also see the same thing with those graffiti places. Mm-hmm. Whoever's been there, there's like pictures of the companion cube all over the place. There's like a calendar and there's a companion uh-huh. cube like taped over all the heads uh-huh. on the calendar. And it's like, oh, this is... Weird. So they were definitely attached to that cube. And yep. then they had you incinerate it to teach you the mechanic for the final boss. Mm-hmm. So I thought, yes. that, what a cool way to, to incorporate that. Yeah, it, it really is. 
Gladys does come into uh, the story a lot more, and she becomes extremely important, even though you don't really think much about her. And, and so do the companion cubes, let's be honest. <laughs> like, there's so many references to those. So let's let's uh, just wrap up Portal 1. Mm-hmm. So you uh, get to the, the end of the 19th, 19th chamber. You are on this moving platform, and you see a sign up ahead showing cake. And it's pointing to the left, and as soon as the platform turns left, you see you're heading into a giant furnace, and the music yes. starts picking up. And I love her comments, where she's just like, I know, don't be worried. The portal gun has proven to be still safe and effective up to like 300 Kelvin. <laughs> it's like, yes, yeah. that's what I'm worried about, the portal gun! Yeah, and- totally. <laughs> but you use the skills that she taught you against her to get out of there. Yeah. Wait, where are you going? I was just kidding. Come back. There is cake. Yeah. <laughs> where do you think you're going? Because I don't think you're going where you think you're going. Uh-oh. Somebody cut the cake. I told them to wait for you, but they cut, they cut it, it anyway. anyway. There is still, still some left, left though, if you, you hurry, hurry back. So you, you totally just, you book it out of there. You get past that furnace and you hear her voice just almost like in a muffled intercom as she's trying to search for you and trying to get your attention. And you're trying to escape through the back areas, through all the behind the scenes areas and through all like the, the backstage areas to actually get to her. Uh-huh. And then she ends up being the, the final boss. Yeah. And she's Gladys. like this huge metal robot Mm-hmm. appendagey thing like just hanging from the ceiling just this huge like yes. hive mind of the facility yeah so you kill her you knock off some cores off of her yes. body and then you throw those cores into the incinerator and yeah. she blows up and i'm sure she hilariously insults you throughout the whole fight <laughs> and, like, yep almost seriously. literally <laughs> i was trying to take notes as i was playing through these games of like all the things she says and all the things in the sequels that are said and it's like yeah. oh my gosh i want i want to repeat every single thing because it's all hilarious it's all so well written and yeah <laughs> it's like maybe you could maybe you I could can't patch really pick in some one. of the oh i'll definitely patch some stuff in Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but so she blows up. You wake up outside and that's the end of the game. You just see a bunch mm-hmm. of wreckage. But. Yeah. And the sky. And the sky. So that is how it ends on the Xbox, which is the mm-hmm. only way I ever experienced it until just like two weeks ago. So yeah. once Portal 2 was announced, they tacked on a bonus ending where it shows you getting dragged back into the facility by a robot mm. you yes. hear a robot come up behind you and say thank you for assuming the party position <laughs> party submission position uh-huh. <laughs> and, and so that's what sets up portal 2 oh my gosh portal 2 yeah where to even begin with portal 2 man well, this is where things got serious and they started adding some serious story because the first one was so popular and it is so worth it. Portal 2 is so much better than the first and the first was amazing. Mm-hmm. You're right, but where on earth do you begin? It's the same concept gameplay-wise, but uh, there's many twists that make this one far more interesting, I think. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's just... <laughs> It's so much funnier. There's so yeah. much. It's it's just like 
it blows my mind that a sequel for Portal was made because uh-huh. it's basically like a two-hour tech demo of just a uh-huh. really cool concept, but they stretched it out so well, and especially because they kind of they broke it up into three chunks, three uh-huh. acts of the game. We've got uh, the Gladys arc at the beginning, we've got the mm-hmm. Cave Johnson, and then we've got uh, Bad Guy Wheatley at the end. Yeah. And spoiler. It just they're all so unique and so cool to play through mm-hmm. that it just it works so dang well. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you want to try an attempt to uh kind of summarize this story even though it's probably going to be patchy in some areas? <laughs> uh you want me to go through it? Oh, let's 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 both go through it. Okay. Let's let's go through it together. So, Portal 2 begins with the start screen and you see (laughs) the giant portal rooms like on the intro uh, screen but they're overgrown with vines and weeds and you can hear birds chirping Mm -hmm. like the place has been in decay for a while and that right there tips you off that something crazy has happened which it has so then you start the game and you wake up in like kind of a cheap motel room (laughs) that's what it looks like you're right yeah basically and this is the control tutorial for the very beginning of how to move around and how to look around. <laughs> and it's basically, it, you get the feeling that you've been sleeping for a while. And then this voice appears. It's not Gladys that prompts you to stand up and look around and move around as sort of a uh, exercise for uh, the amount of time that you've been sleeping for so long because you need to get up and move every so often. And it's ridiculous because it's stuff like, Please look up. Please look at the art on the wall. This will help stimulate your mind. You, to feel mentally invigorated, <laughs> stare at art. And then it yeah. plays, plays some crappy jazz for like five seconds. It's like, thank you. Yeah. You're in, if you ever feel down again, just stare at the art. Yeah, just, it's very clinical. Very, very uh, you know, no feeling. But <laughs> And then you go to sleep, right? And when you wake up again, everything is like in ruins. Like this motel room yeah. is in ruins and it's like you've been asleep for a very long time and then you hear this voice start calling and it's a core which is like a ball that is like a computer with a it's like a giant eye computer ball that has (laughs) an ai to it yes (laughs) and this is wheatley when wheatley is a a british core he's got a british accent and he has very uh he's voiced by stephen merchant who you've definitely seen in things yeah and you've heard him Many yes. times you hear Wheatley, you'll know with this voice right away. Yes. Fine. No. Fine. Absolutely fine. It's not like I don't have, you know, 10,000. Ah! Ah! Oh, God. You look te- um, good. Looking good, actually. Are you okay? How are you? Don't answer that. I'm absolutely sure you're fine. There's plenty of time for you to recover. <laughs> Cameron, so tell, love- tell, us, let, tell us about this. Well, he's. He's. <laughs> there's no. It's not clear how long you've been asleep, and he's like. There might be a case that you have a very slight case of serious brain damage. So we need to <laughs> do some testing. Can you say something? Say hello. Say hello. And then on your screen, it pops up and it says, press A to say hello. You press A and you jump. Okay. What, what you just did is called jumping. Um, <laughs> say, try again. Try, say apple. Apple. And then on the screen, it says A, say apple. And then you jump. He's like, okay, well, this is clearly going nowhere. And <laughs> anyway, so... Long story short, he breaks you out, and you go on this adventure trying to get out of the facility, and mm-hmm. the two of you accidentally wake Gladys back up. 
and oh my gosh, the the dialogue is just so good. It's, yeah, it's just funny because most of this game, besides solving puzzles, we can't really talk about that. There's no really discussion to be had about like, oh, what'd you think of this room? Really, our discussion comes from what is said in this game, which, mm-hmm. as I'm or thinking, not said. <laughs> makes it much harder to actually discuss this. But you wake up Gladys, she starts sending you back through the test chambers again. Yeah. And I think one of my favorite ones is when you're introduced to the faith plates, the, uh-huh. these launching platforms you stand on, and they send you flying, and you stand on this one that sends you straight up. And there's a portal surface on the ceiling that you're supposed to hit, but it's just not sending you high enough. And she's like, oh, it looks like you've packed on a few while you've been... Uh, and <laughs> you've been asleep. Let me uh, oh. add a few zeros to the the weight regulator. And then it, you keep hitting it and you keep not making it to the ceiling. She's like, you know, what? I'm just going to lower the ceiling. And you see like, the whole <laughs> ceiling come down. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah, nothing, <laughs> nothing like poorly remembering quotes to to tell everyone about. But we've got the idea down. And I think the idea is presenting itself very well because <laughs> the game does a very good job initially after you wake up Gladys with Wheatley of making you hate her even more than you did originally. Like yet everything's in ruins, but she wakes right up and she's right back to her sarcastic, passive aggressive, cruel things that she says to you constantly. And she essentially squishes Wheatley ruins this guy that you've been that that's been helping you escape and get out to her. And then mm-hmm. she sends you on this, you know, this white goose chase uh, and whoop, white wild, goose. Goose cha- <laughs> wild goose chase. I was thinking like, oh, the color of a goose is white. Okay, that sounds like a Gladys quote, whatever. Yeah, wild goose chase. Anyway. Mm, you just hate her again. And you keep doing these test chambers just like you did in the first game. Except everything is ruined now and it doesn't look quite as squeaky clean. Yeah. And it's just visually, it's so cool how you walk into a room and it's like still fixing itself as you come in. Like panels are pulling themselves into place. Uh, debris is falling from the ceiling. And I think I read in a review that's just like every room, it's like you caught it with his pants down and it's trying to, to get itself fixed up for you. <laughs> and as you go through those, Gladys is working on them and eventually you get to one that's like pristine. Like they're getting Uh nicer and nicer as you go through it. And it's just really cool to see the environment so alive. And it's just, it makes it so much more immersive and fun to play through. Oh, definitely. Especially with with, uh, this, yeah, this new life, (laughs) essentially. And and the fact that you've played the first one, hopefully it makes it, I I don't know, it brings back those memories and just makes it fun again. But you you do find Wheatley again. You find Mm -hmm. out he's not dead. And he helps you escape to the back rooms, to the once again. places. Yeah, once again, to where Gladys can't see you. Mm-hmm. So, okay, Cameron, this is where it starts to get pretty crazy, and we start to wrap up Act One. Tell us about this finale here. This is where it gets crazy. Okay, so you make your way in, and basically you have this argument between Wheatley and Gladys, and you're able to replace Gladys with Wheatley, and he is the new. I guess caretaker of the facility and he loves it Yay. he's like he's got all this control and he is he is large and in charge and then he's like alright let's get you out of here and then you're on an elevator you're on your way out and as you're just about out he's 
his laughter starts sounding more maniacal and then he's like wait wait a second and then pulls you back in and Gladys recognizes oh wait okay I skipped a part didn't I <laughs> so well, it's, it's all about the he, same actually as he pulls you back down Gladys I don't know she's angered him on or something he grabs her head and stuffs her consciousness into a potato powered battery essentially yeah yep and as she's a potato she's mocking him more and he loses his his head and uh well he gets real angry i should say i guess <laughs> and he just he knocks both of you plummeting down into this bottomless uh-huh. pit and that's where act two begins and you realize that uh, that wheatley has gone crazy with power yes and GLaDOS mocks you for it the entire way down and gives you a fake <laughs> slow clap, too. Oh, good. My slow clap's still working. <laughs> oh, hi. So, how are you holding up? Because I'm a potato. Oh, good. My slow clap processor made it into this thing. So we have that. What are you going to do? You land at the bottom, and everything's a wreck. It's like you're in this giant abandoned cave. <laughs> but I'm ting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works out. Well said, well said. Yeah. Yeah, so this leads us to, I think, one of the, the most creative and cool parts. And that is, mm. basically, it sends you into the past. And mm-hmm. that's actually a relic of their early ideas of this game was to actually make it a prequel. And to have Cave Johnson as the main antagonist, and you would play this character named Mel, which is not Chell. Chell is the normal main character, but you would play Mel. And honestly, they actually got, I think, pretty far in that, but then people kind of missed Gladys. And so they were able, I guess, to have their cake and eat it too, where you fall into, I think, you start off in what, the like the 50s? Like a facility from the 50s, and then you have all these pre-recorded messages from cave johnson and cave johnson is the old ceo and he is voiced by none other than jk simmons and it's just incredible everything he says is pure gold those of you helping us test the repulsion gel today just follow the blue line on the floor those of you who volunteered to be injected with praying mantis dna i've got some good news and some bad news bad news is we're postponing those tests indefinitely Good news is, we've got a much better test for you. Fighting an army of Mantis men. Pick up a rifle and follow the yellow line. You'll know when the test starts. He's got this aura of, like, a CEO who really doesn't care about you, but he tries to make it seem like he does. (laughs) Like, everything he says just sounds so degrading and mean, but he tries to make it sound like he's so honest, and it's like, oh, gosh, this is terrible. But... (laughs) So, yeah, he's the billionaire CEO who founded Aperture Science from originally Aperture Fixtures way back in the 40s and 50s. That and, made shower curtains. Yes. And as we <laughs> see, yeah, exactly. In these old um, abandoned rooms that are relics of their time, the old Aperture uh, Science facilities that have been boarded up that you go through, you see this history. He was a salesman of shower curtains. And over time, he became the first and the best in like whatever uh, division. And then he goes on to build Aperture Science, becomes more successful with all these trophies and awards that you see in his pictures, which progressively age over time. Yeah. It's, it's like it takes you through like three decades from like the 50s through the 70s. Yeah. And 
I think that's really cool, especially seeing like just the Aperture logo, how it evolves, changes with the times. Yeah, totally. And then also through these adventures back there, we come across actually a new mechanic, or I guess it's an old mechanic, right? It is the portal, well, not portal gel. What's it? What do you call it? It's all these gel mechanics. Uh, sorry, guys. Jake just walked away. Oh, there he is. <laughs> What'd you just do? There's a big spider on the wall. Oh, no. It's like, that's right by my by my bed. I don't want to be... Uh... <laughs> Did yeah, you kill him? Sorry it? about that. <laughs> Did you get him? All right. I did. Um, it is trapped right now. I will release it later. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, so nice I apologize. All right. Well, as you walked away, I was just talking about how the the new mechanic of the past, which is the gels. We've got hmm. repulsion gel and acceleration gel. Uh-huh. And then what's what's the portal surface gel? What's that called? Um, the portal gel? Isn't that what it's called? Or the lunar gel? Portal gel? Uh, I don't know. Uh, but... <laughs> portal gel sure. <laughs> anyway we uh we can use that gel by like splashing it on surfaces the blue gel you bounce off of the orange gel makes you run real fast and then the white yeah. gel you can put portals on and through cave johnson's voiceovers we find out that the, the white gel is actually just like crushed moon rock yeah and that that moon rock is actually a great portal conductor which yeah comes in into play a little later The bean counters told me we literally could not afford to buy $7 worth of moon rocks, much less $70 Bought them anyway. Ground them up, mixed them into a gel. And guess what? Ground up moon rocks are pure poison. I am deathly ill. Still, it turns out they're a great portal conductor. So now, we're going to see if jumping in and out of these new portals can somehow leach the lunar poison out of a man's bloodstream. When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. I do want to kind of speed up. We don't need we don't need to go through every detail here. But through all this, we learn one very important detail. We hear this other voice, this mm-hmm. other woman voice who responds to Cave. And this woman is his assistant, Caroline, or Carolyn, I forget. Is it Carolyn? I think it's Carolyn, yeah. And at the same time, we have found Potato Gladys, and Gladys is sticking on our portal gun throughout all of this. And we're kind of having... I don't know, epiphanies as we go through, as she realizes that back in the past, Gladys's or Carolyn's consciousness ended up getting put into an AI, mm-hmm. which became Gladys. And so Gladys is actually this AI incarnate of Carolyn from the past. And so she's having this existential crisis of trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Mm-hmm. And I do want to come back to that later. But mm-hmm. moving forward, you finally, you make your way through the past. You get back to Wheatley. Mm-hmm. Wheatley has been making his own crazy test chambers. And yes. because there's some sort of itch, this this need for testing, he has to see. And yep. so he's cre- created all these wonderful like Frankenstein rooms of just like mashing rooms together. And he's even mm-hmm. combined some turtles, or turtles, <laughs> turrets, turrets and boxes. And so mm-hmm. there's weird turrets hopping around that you can set on uh, button places and whatnot. Yeah. So through some great dialogue of him now antagonizing you and Gladys kind of defending you, you have a showdown with him and he has been watching the tapes of when you killed Gladys and he knows everything. He knows all your your moves and he's gonna, he's got an answer to all that, but you fight your way most of the way through it 
and then he he gets the upper hand mm-hmm. and the sprinklers come on all the portal surfaces get washed away except there's one still underneath him yes and oh my gosh this is one of the best moments in any game i've ever played yes totally there's one portal still underneath him as he's about to kill you and at the same time he's losing control of the facility he's an idiot the roof caves in showing you a full moon and cave johnson earlier taught us what a great conducting surface moon rock is and you just you're like all right i'm doing it you pull the trigger a portal opens on the moon and then all of a sudden everything starts getting sucked through the portal that's on the floor underneath him and yanks you out into space but you're hanging on and oh my gosh it's so cool gladys gladys pulls you back in saves the day and everything is good i I got it so i gotta know jake what how did you feel about this moment what went through your head how'd it go well it was spine tingling it's set up in such a way that almost makes you feel like chills because it's so dramatic and Uh you you used your previous knowledge of these announcements and these pre-recorded messages to put this portal on the moon it makes you feel so powerful like i did that i just (laughs) i I just put a portal on the moon and i got wheatley sucked through including the fun little uh, cores that were also attached to him (laughs) space we can i'm in space space (laughs) yeah we'll talk about that here in a second but it it was it was mesmerizing like this is game changing Uh, literally (laughs) and as as you get sucked out wheatley wants you to save him which you're grabbing a hold of him and he's yelling pull me back and then Gladys extends a giant claw to pull you in, but not Wheatley. So Gladys saves your life. This AI that initially you hated so much has become human and has realized her past humanity ever so slightly so that you could be saved. Ever so slightly, <laughs> yep. Ever so slightly. <laughs> oh, yeah. gosh. It's so uh, good. It, it really is. You, you can't really explain it, though. You have to experience it. Like you said, this is more of a game to be experienced rather than talked it, about. It is. So, honestly, <laughs> I might cut out a lot of us talking about the story here just because there's more <laughs> I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, so, Gladys, she she sets you free. And on your way out, you're treated to a wonderful uh, performance of the turrets at the opera. Yes. And such a cool moment. Mm-hmm. and you're free you it opens up into a field and it looks mm-hmm. beautiful and a companion cube joins you so you're not alone yeah and i learned some stuff today some stuff that makes me very frustrated and angry with myself that i never knew this before and that is the actual like deeper story and theory that's that's happening in this game i can't believe i never saw it so what is what do you think is what's the deep hidden story that's not overtly told to us but is actually true jake any any thoughts any thoughts oh that is something that you can think a lot about there's so much ambiguity in this game that you could make so many connections but you know what Mm, just just for the sake of discussion are we talking about the connection between chell the main character and cave johnson and carolyn yep okay so there's a strong possibility that Chell is Carolyn and Cave Johnson's daughter. Yeah. And I think there's, it's actually so, it's actually not subtle when you look back. And yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, that's true. 
So this whole time, Gladys is actually your mom. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was like, what? I played this game eight years ago, and I've yeah. been loving it ever since, and I never knew this? Mm. And it's, it's crazy. So earlier on the game when we're kind of escaping with Wheatley, we come across a science fair uh-huh. of bring your daughter to work day, and they've all got these potato batteries. And we see yep. there's one that's like grown out of control, this very successful potato. Yeah. And it says on the back, on the board, Chell. Yeah. So Chell was a kid there the day that Gladys woke up, was put into the machine. How do I not know this? How do I not (laughs) put this together? That's just one of the clues. Have you listened or ever looked up the lyrics for the opera sequence that plays when you're going up the elevator to escape the facility for the final time? It's actually sung by the woman who voiced Gladys, Ellen McLean, who's a famous opera singer. And the lyrics are very, very reminiscent of like a mother talking to a daughter. It's talking about my dear, my love. Yeah, you want me to She's read it for you? singing you a lullaby, essentially. <laughs> Beautiful dear, my darling beauty, my child, oh heavens, that she esteems, that she esteems. Oh my dear, farewell, my dear child, why don't you walk far away? Yes, far away from science. My dear, dear baby, ah, my beauty, ah, my dear, ah, my little girl, oh my dearest one. Like, that cannot be any more clear. It sounds a lot more beautiful in Italian, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yep, it seems, yep, it seems pretty clear right there. Yeah. It's amazing. And, and so now yeah. I need to play through it again with that context of understanding. So there's like a point where she realizes she's Carolyn and says like, okay, I need to go, I need to stand by for a little while and think about this. Mm-hmm. And as she comes back, I think she has connected the dots of the fact that Carolyn is Chill's mom. You can tell she becomes a lot more protective of her throughout mm-hmm. the rest of the game. And when she saves you from space and you wake back up, she's like, oh, thank God. Like, you can hear this this genuine relief that mm-hmm. you're okay. That's what she, she wants to get you out because this is too dangerous for her daughter to be in. And I just... Uh, that's so cool. That's so, so cool. It really is. So this is all, you know, how the story is so much more amazing and why we're into it so much right now. <laughs> this is where it comes, folks. Think about what we just started talking about at the beginning of this episode to where we are right now. Oh my yeah, gosh. It was, just, it was just a vague puzzler. And now it's, <laughs> it's there's so much more lore to it. Mm. So when are they coming out with Portal 3? Valve can't count to three. We got oh, yeah. We got Half Life Two. We got Half Life Two Episode Two. We got Left for Dead Two. We got Portal Two. We got Dota Two. Team Fortress Two. Um, they they do not make third games in a series. Oh, so sad. <laughs> but uh, on the same hand, I understand. It's tough. Like Half Life Three is never going to live up to the hype of Half Life Three, mm-hmm. if it ever exists. I don't think it ever will come out. But Portal 2 is a perfect video game. Mm-hmm. And I believe in them. I believe they could do something very imaginative and, and, you know, blows our minds again. But so much growth with Gladys and so much has changed. I don't know. I just, I don't think a third is needed. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. 
Exactly. Let's let this one die the hero. <laughs> I mean, hopefully not. You know, you never know, but that's what's happened right now. So to, to move on a bit. So speaking of just a follow-up and some longevity here, it does have still stuff to do now. So there is mm-hmm. the co-op mode where you play through as two robots, uh, Peabody and Atlas. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of fun. I believe you and I have played through it together. Yes, before. we have. Yep. And uh, I think it's broken down to like 30 rooms or so that you solve mm-hmm. together. So it's really fun just to think, okay, we have four portals to work with now. And how do we coordinate two things at the same time? And it's a lot of fun. I wish we had, I mean, we can still play through it together right now. So. Yeah. Uh, so here's the deal. We so Jake and I since our last episode, we have both played through Portal Two, and then mm-hmm. we we said we'd sit down and play co-op, which we still can. There's no reason why not. We just won't do an episode about it. But what we <laughs> did do was on the PC version of this game, there is a test chamber builder where you can make your own tests. And I saw that and was like, oh no. I mean, me like I I've spent days in Forge on Halo. So Mm -hmm. I'd get carried away doing this, and I did. (laughs) So we built levels for each other, and then last week, instead of recording, we just got on and screen-shared and watched each other play through the maps we built. (laughs) And I gotta say, I was... I was very proud of what I made. I don't don't think we really discussed it, because you finished it right at, like, I needed to go to bed. And so we didn't really talk about them. Uh Uh-huh. But so, what do you think of that? I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I didn't really have the time that I wanted to allot to it because I don't have any free time anymore. Yeah. But the the portal levels that you made were pretty creative. And usually things you make are pretty thoughtful and creative. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go into this and Cameron's going to have some really cool levels. You didn't disappoint, man. You, oh, you did some you. good levels. I, I appreciated that. So yeah, I do pride myself where I feel like they felt like levels that would be in the game. Yes. And because the first well the first map I made, it's really easy to get carried away with so many resources. It's just like, oh, I'm going to put this in. I'm going to put this in and put this in to mm-hmm. where you just overcomplicate it. And it's like, no, you just you just need to have like three steps. Three mm-hmm. steps is all you need. You don't want to make something unsolvable so you feel like a cocky genius. It's like, ah, oh, yeah. Jake couldn't solve my room, which is what you made for me. I mean, you made one room that couldn't be solved. I... Uh, that's still embarrassing, but it it worked with me. I think it was a, a rogue bit of gel that helped me out. But Yeah, so Jake made a level where I had to toss a bit of the white gel onto a certain spot, and no matter what I did, and he was he was telling me I was doing the right thing, I had solved what I needed to solve, but I could not get that gel to land where it was supposed to. It's like it didn't have the space to actually get there. It was landing like one square off. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> oh well hey editing Cameron here I just wanted to let you know that I threw the Steam Workshop link to the maps I made into the description here so you should go check those out if you have Portal 2 and let me know what you think of them they go in the order of I mean they're numbered the Jake Challenges room 1, 2, and 3 and then the Labyrinth is the finale so Uh, Don't play the one called The First Room, because that one sucks. Unless you want to. All right. Have fun. Okay. So, to wrap things up, Jake and I have done a top five, a very vague top five, of our top five favorite moments 
from Portal or Portal 2. Let's discuss those a little bit. Um, We've probably already gone into a bit of detail through our conversations, so we don't need to stretch it out too long. But let's do it. Heck yeah, let's do it. All right, Cameron, do you want to go ahead and start? Yeah, sure. So my number five favorite part, it comes from Portal 1, and that is finding the hideouts, the Ratman hideouts that are informing us of the danger that is Gladys and what's awaiting for us. And a cool thing about this, we didn't have time to, to get into it, and I didn't, I don't really know too much about it, and that is that in between Portal and Portal 2, I believe, they put out a comic called Lab Rat, I believe, mm-hmm. and it follows this guy, Dr. Ratman, or Ratman. He guessed that Gladys was probably going to turn evil, and so he's like the lone survivor. And so he's the one that's been hiding out in these rooms and is actually like watching Chell throughout her journey through Portal 1. And he actually saves her in Portal 2 because he realizes that her cryo room she's in doesn't have enough power. And so he diverts like all of the empty rooms towards her room to keep her alive. Hmm. We don't really know how his story ended, but it's really interesting. So you should check that out. Yeah. So that one was on my list as well. Oh, cool. Uh, not number five, but yeah, that was on my list too. That's that's cool. My number five is the Chell Potato Project. You okay. see Chell's Potato Project and how it's so different from all the others that the other kids had made. Yeah. It's just kind of like rotted and sitting in the corner. Hers is still growing and it kind of s- suggests that maybe hers is maybe one of the reasons why everything's so overgrown because it's a mutant potato tree plants. (laughs) Or maybe Um, she just had a dad who didn't care to help cheat and make some scientifically enhanced potato. Considering her uh, thing said, uh, um, her her project said at some point, dad's secret, like whatever from the lab or whatever. (laughs) I didn't catch that. Yeah. Like there's a secret thing from the lab or whatever. Um, Boom, mind blown. That anyway, makes sense. I thought it was really cool. More stuff to think about. <laughs> so my number four is, it's very broad. It's just the whole dynamic of Wheatley versus GLaDOS in the second one. Just, they're <laughs> mocking each other. And if we find out that Wheatley was actually an idiot core, like literally he was designed to be an idiot to help like dampen uh, GLaDOS so she'd stop killing people. <laughs> and so it's just funny because he's a he's a literal idiot and uh gets control of the facility <laughs> <laughs> yet he hates it when you call him an idiot that's right uh my number four was the moon that moment that the moon is revealed to you and you put a portal on it oh man wow so exciting that is on my we already list. talked about why oh nice <laughs> we already talked about the amazingness of that absolutely all right, so my number three I th- probably gets the most laughs from me consistently, and that is the section of Portal 2 where we have to replace the turrets with the defective turrets. <laughs> and so as we're going through the facility, you come through these rooms that are like testing to make sure that the turrets are up to code. And they're just on a conveyor belt, and they pass by a target, and they have to aim and shoot at it. And all of the broken ones, like, they don't have their armor on, so they're all just, like, this black exoskeleton or endoskeleton. (laughs) And they have this completely different voice. And it sounds exactly like Norm MacDonald 
as Burt Reynolds on SNL. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> because, and, and I'll, I'll patch some in here, but it's all the, the good turrets, they're like, hello? Who's there? They have this silly voice, target acquired. And then this Very one's robotic. like, oh, hey, hey, who's there? Bang! Gotcha. I see. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> It's so funny. And they have to go through this voice test and you end up replacing the turrets by you take a defective turret and you put it as the template. So the machine scans it and then pitches all of the the good ones off the conveyor belt. And just (laughs) hearing those scream as they're tossed off into the incinerator while these hilarious Burt Reynolds turrets are making silly one-liners. And those are the ones being saved. Yeah. (laughs) And that part is hilarious. Ah, come on. What's a guy got to do to get some bullets around here? Ah, for Pete's sake. Nope, still can't see. Yep, still blind. Click, click, click. Still defective. Yeah, that's right. Still defective. And finally, back again, Burt Reynolds in a commanding lead with $14. Hey. Hey, uh, check out the podium. Look at this. Mr. Reynolds has apparently changed his name to Turd Ferguson. Yeah, that's right. Turd Ferguson. It's a funny name. Great. Good grief. This whole episode could just be me, like, putting in voice clips. It doesn't even need to be us at all. Just voice clips from this game. If you're still listening, you realize how entertaining they are. (laughs) It's so good. All right. So my number three is from Portal 1. It's the moment where you get the portal gun. So that part was kind of mind-altering initially at the time. Maybe not so much anymore, but it deserves its uh, spot on the list. So when you first start this game, the portals are not created by you. Uh, Gladys puts them there. They're part of the facility, and they they move around in different Mm -hmm. parts, and you have to enter them according to when they match up and whatever. So you can't place them yourself with this portal gun that you have throughout 1 and 2, or most of 1 and 2. So... When you first get the portal gun, it's sitting there on a pedestal that you have to work to get to through the timing of the moving of all these portals and whatnot, puzzly stuff. Mm-hmm. And when you do pick it up, you've got this power now. You've got the portal power that you use for the entirety of Portal 1 and Portal 2 that makes the game so good and how you get through it. And it plays this kind of cool, I don't I don't really know how to explain it, kind of like techno-y, spacey music that sounds like part of like a fancy instructional video or a museum or something yeah (laughs) i just remember that being really cool i've got this power now i've been given the power yeah it's and it's kind of like this overwhelming sense because the first few rooms it's like okay i'm being guided on the portals but then it's like oh now i've got this responsibility of i can put portals anywhere like Am I going to be putting them in the right place? Am I solving this the right way? Mm-hmm. And then you just you get carried away, and it, it becomes second nature, just portaling around the place. Un, unrelated question here: um, Have you played through it with the commentary? I have not yet. Ooh, that'd be that'd be fun. You should do that. So, yeah, not games don't have commentary, and this is done in such a really cool way, where it's not just like on a timer where it. it it's just talking over you as you play in certain parts throughout each level. There's just like this floating speech bubble. And so you just walk up to it and like press X and then it'll start talking about like the thought behind the design of that level and the story. And it's just really cool. And Mm -hmm. I, I should probably do that. It's been a while since I played through the commentary. 
I might have to do it today because there's a bunch of stuff that I want to look back on now that we've been talking about. <laughs> Sweet. All right, man. All right, so that was your number three? Yes. All right. My number two is all of Cave Johnson in general. <laughs> everything he says, list. everything about that part of the game. It is my favorite part of the game. And Cave Johnson, it's just like going into that, you didn't know that you needed him. You didn't know yeah. how perfect he would be. And you didn't know that someone could be just as good, if not better, than Gladys as a voiceover uh-huh. through these rooms. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's so good. J.K. Simmons oh. is just a freaking treasure. Yes. Y- you'll know who he is, folks, if, you, if He's you've hear, heard his voice. You'll know J. who he Jonah is. J. Jonah Jameson from, from Spider-Man. Yes. <laughs> yep, what a, what a character. That is on my list as well. Oh, sweet. Cave Johnson. I literally wrote down, I'm Cave Johnson. <laughs> All right, I've been thinking. When life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Get mad. I don't want your damn lemons. What am I supposed to do with these? Demand to see life's manager. Make life rue the day it thought it could give Cave Johnson lemons. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's going to burn your house down with the lemons. I'm going to get my engineers to invent a combustible lemon that burns your house down. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And actually, no, that's that's my that's my number two. Oh, it is? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I literally put, I'm Cave Johnson. Sweet. And that so is. Five points, man. Yeah, man. We're doing good so that far. That is not bad. Nope, not at all. So, I, so what's your number one? Yeah, so my number one is Ratman's Den. Behind oh. the scenes for the first time. Okay, and my number yep. one is Portal on the Moon. So oh, that's where we cool. got that point. So five nice. points in a pretty vague category. That's incredible. So that is it for Portal. Again, this game, Portal 2 especially, is a perfect puzzle game. Everything about this game is done perfectly. Like, I don't know what its its score is online. In mine, it's it's a perfect 10 out of 10. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, easily 10 out of 10. Yeah, 9.5 or 10 out of 10. The only reason 9.5, because it wasn't longer. Oh, yeah, but at least there's a lot you can go back to. You've got the co-op, you've got building maps. Yeah. And it was just so fun this past week. Like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm building maps, doing this like new content for a game that's eight years old. Yeah. And I love it. And this game is listed on many best games of all time list, like up there with Bioshock, The Last of Us, games like that that have legendary status. Yeah. You'll see why if you play it. So, everyone, thank you so much for listening. My name's Cameron. And I'm Jake. And we're here to remind you, the cake is a lie. And this was a triumph. (laughs) All right, that's good enough. (laughs)